Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is a special episode and I am bringing along another Spencer P to join me today. So Spencer Paget, he is the builder in residence over at Co-Construct. He's been on Builder Funnel Radio before. We've also done some fun collaborations at IBS. We did kind of a live podcast, but he was a builder and now works at Co-Construct and they provide project management software to the construction industry, but we thought it would be really valuable to bring him in and just talk about one, his experience in the Great Recession as a builder, what he went through, lessons learned, how you can apply some of those lessons to what we're going through now. But he's also been talking to hundreds, if not thousands of builders and remodelers individually over the last several weeks. He's been on webinars, he's been hosting, he's also been running some dumpster fireside chats where he just opens up Zoom and uh, people can talk and share what's going on. And we're all just trying to share lessons that we've learned in the past, things that are working now, creative ways to pivot. So Spencer's going to join me today in this conversation and dive into everything we can do to move forward through this. So sit back and relax. Enjoy this episode on Builder Funnel Radio. Hey Spencer, glad to have you back. Hey Spencer, it's great. It's great to be back. <laughs> yeah, for for those of you that don't know, we really enjoy when we get together because it's not often that you meet another Spencer, let alone another Spencer P. So this is Spencer Paget, who is the builder in residence over at Co Construct, and uh, he's been on the show before. So welcome back, and we're gonna dive into. Uh, really just everything that's going on right now. And I kind of wanted this to be a more of a raw episode where we dig into things. And I was looking up some data prior to our conversation and um, things are really tough right now. They're before the pandemic started, you know, each week there were about 200,000 ish unemployment claims. And since this has all started, that's gone up 20 to 30 X on a weekly basis. So I think the total unemployment claims just during this period is about 17 million, which is untouched. If you look back in history, there's nothing even close to that for decades, decades and decades. Um, businesses are really struggling right now to stay afloat. You know, family dynamics are changing and, you know, impact is far more widespread than I thought it would be initially when we kind of were in the week one, week two. But Spencer, you've been running a bunch of webinars. You've been doing some fireside chats with builders, remodelers all over the place. So kind of what are you hearing, you know, from them within the industry, but just other parts of their lives? You know, how are people being affected? Well, Spencer, I'm, uh, you know, I've been in touch with builders um, and remodelers uh, or customers of Co-Construct and some of them that aren't. Um, um, pretty much seven days a week since uh, things started to go downhill. Uh, we have a combination of the, the, the large webinars where 
we're getting over a thousand people signing up for them to, to what you referred to, you know, the, my Friday afternoon dumpster fireside chats where it's just me and, and a, a, a good chunk of folks, but we have just an open conversation. So I hear a lot from a lot of different sources. And then on the weekends, we have some smaller groups that get together. Um, you know, the thing that, uh, that I'm hearing, it, it, the thing that's surprising to me is the broad spectrum of, of experiences that people are going through right now with their businesses. Um, we have folks, you know, in, in Pennsylvania who are completely shut down and have been since day one. I mean, Pennsylvania was the first place to go red on the NAHB map that shows where you can and can't work. And they're hardcore shutdown. It's not like, hey, stay, stay in and maybe you can get some work done because you're critical. Uh, we have one remodeler who demoed the first and second floor of a house. The, the customer, the family is living in the basement. Their kids came home from college. They have the extended family now living in the basement. They applied for a waiver to the state and the state denied them. Wow. Uh, so they can't, they can't continue to work. Uh, and that went all the way to their state senator and they're working through it to try to get some sort of waiver because the, the folks are living in their basement. Yeah, uh, that's it's, crazy. It's really bad. But then you have, go all the way to the other coast and you have companies in, in, in the counties around uh, uh, San Francisco who have gone through this horrible back and forth. You know, it was shut down and then it was opened over the weekend. And so there's these these cycles of mental uh, ang anguish and decision-making that these business owners are going through where it's like, okay, I'm shut down. I can't work. I send out messages. Then they open up and then they were shut down two weeks later completely and had to go through all that again. And it's just been a whipsaw just back and forth. And, and you know, the, the mental pressure and the stress of having to have very difficult conversations is definitely weighing on people. Um, and then you've got, you've got places that I've heard of, uh, you know, where, where remodelers and builders haven't missed a beat. There and and have and accelerated in some in some cases. So it's such a broad spectrum of impacts. Um, but I think that we're going to all feel the impacts, no matter what, when we start to see some of the supply chain um, slowing down, delivery times extending. Uh, you know, and, and we're not talking about just the stuff coming from China or Italy or Europe that's being delayed because of the, the pandemic. But we're talking about things like Anderson Windows. I, I had a, uh, a window supplier on the dumpster fireside chat this past Friday who said, you know, I got notification from Anderson that they're going to three to four days a week in production just to try to try to slow things down, keep people separated and deal with like the Easter holiday that just happened. And so you should expect those those orders to extend out. And, and you know, there's some transportation costs that are going to be impacted as well. So people have to really be careful no matter whether things are going well or things are going poorly. The supply chain side is definitely going to be an impact. It's yeah. not good. Yeah, and I think, you know, you and I were kind of chatting for a few minutes before we flip, flipped on, but, uh, you know, the impact of this is just more far-reaching than, than just that immediate thought of, oh, I can either work or I can't, and can I keep my projects going? It's like, oh yeah, supply chain. And then you start just going down that rabbit hole and there's so many things that are uh, being impacted one way or another. But I guess for, for people listening that are maybe in a tough spot, so they're not the ones that are accelerating right now or you know, just they're not feeling it yet. What are you telling people? You know, what should you be thinking about? What should you be doing? Well, there's a few things that, you know, having, having been through 
the, the thing that happened back in 2008, and depending on how long that impacted you, it was years worth of impact. Um, the thing, there's, a, there's a, like a silver lining or a blessing in disguise here, if you will, is that this hit with such force and so quickly that it forces everybody to make a decision. It forces you to move quickly. Um, but sometimes it's not quickly enough, right? So you, you have to really stare at what's happening in the face and make a quick decision on what you're going to do, given the set of circumstances that you're facing. 2008 was a death by a thousand cuts. It was um, revenues decreasing and it, it's kind of, it was a slow burn. So you kind of watch the trends go down. You're like, well, maybe I should get rid of this person. But no, I mean, we might have another, it might come back. And it was so slow and, and people kept people on for so much longer. You kept projects, you know, that were just bleeding money. Uh, I, I had so many projects from a land development standpoint that were just bleeding our company dry that I, that I held on to for too long, right? Because, it, because the, the timeline, the kind of glide slope uh, of the economy was so long. But this one went straight off the cliff, like literally straight off the cliff, as you yeah. explained, with the, the unemployment rate. So it gives us an opportunity, even if you're in a tough spot, to make a quick decision that will end up saving your business in the long run. It, it has to be, you have to make this decision, these, these tough choices now. And, and the PPP and the EIDL and the $10,000 grant that everybody's talking about, there's massive confusion around it. The people are starting to get funded on, especially on the PPP. And you have to take advantage of that, right? Even if you are doing well, but especially for the folks that aren't, You've got to take advantage of that PPP. And then, and then the narrative, the conversation that I've, I've heard so many times over the last couple of weeks is, does that mean I'm going to pay people to stay home? And I would say you're damn right you're going to pay people to stay home because you're going to keep your team together. And, and that's, the, that's the thing that you have to for, for uh, you know, the folks that can't do work to, to have a perspective that's not just I'm paying people to do nothing. You need to figure out something for them to do. And, and, and let me just use this one example. If you have a carpenter and a project manager and maybe a selections coordinator that don't normally work together on things, you can maybe create a project like, uh, let's look at our schedules or let's look at our, uh, our selections that, that we do and the things, our estimates maybe. What are the things that, hey, carpenter, what are we normally missing in the field that we don't budget for when, when it's uh, time to, to, to execute in the field? You know, what do our schedules not account for? So there's things that if you're lucky enough to get the PPP and keep your team together, distance obviously, but keep them together for the future, have them work on something that is out of the box and that, that will help your company as you transition into an accelerated pace when we can get back to work. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, work on some systems, work on improvements that you can do. And, and oftentimes those are the things that you don't have time to do and you don't have time to work on. So. Um, I, I like that approach. You know, it's, you get stuck in something like this where you have no control, but then you flip it and go, okay, what do I have control over and what can I do to take positive steps setting up your future self? And so um, in thinking about like the PPP and some of these different programs, obviously like push forward on those, see, you know, if you can get funded. Are there other things that people should be thinking about other creative ways to free up cash? And, and I kind of want to relate it back to your uh, statement around like the goal is keeping the team. How do you how do you know when to make those cuts? 
And uh, so maybe we can talk about those together. But, you know, what are some other ways you can try to create some cash in a situation where that is uh, heavily important? And then, yeah, how do you make those team decisions? Obviously, if we snap back out of this quickly, you, you've got to be ready yep. with the team. So it's right. a, it's a right. tough situation. Yeah, it's you've made such investments and brought people on board. It's, it's how do you do that? So let's 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 take this in components. Let's back out one minute here and look at what could apply broadly to the entire group, right? Not just not just the folks that are that are in a bad situation right now, but even the ones that are doing well, because this this would apply, right? So. Um, in, in the Marine Corps, uh, we had what we called immediate action drills. And we knew if something went wrong, that you would immediately take these steps, right? And one example is, you know, if we were in Kosovo and we had a, a machine gunner sitting on top of a, of a Humvee and the Humvee started to roll to one side or went down a cliff or something like that, their immediate action drill was to grab the gun turret and push themselves back into the Humvee, right? Makes sense. Saves their life. Mm-hmm. The same thing applies for your business. If you're running along well, observe what's happening to other people. But if you're not doing well, look at what you're actually having to do right now and start writing these steps down. Because as you come out of it, you can organize it and be ready for the next one with immediate action drills. What happens when the economy tanks? Because it's going to happen again at some point. It just happens, right? Things happen. Things go wrong. What, what do I do from a, from a staffing standpoint? What do I do from a financial standpoint? And, you know, an example of what's an immediate action drill from a financial standpoint, because it's the acute pain that we're all feeling right now, is where's the money, right? Where, what do I have? Identify what you have. Identify what you can collect. Identify what you can reduce. Immediate action drills, right? What are those? What, it's like almost if you, if you haven't looked at what the quick ratio is, you should be identifying all the time what your quick ratio is. What are the assets that you can turn into cash Within 30 days, AR, you know, some equipment that you might be able to sell, some, some ways that you can produce cash, uh, and, and what are your payables, right? What are your short and medium-term liabilities, even long-term liabilities such as leases? So how much cash can I produce right now immediately, and how much expense do I have against that? And start attacking all of that because the goal, the first immediate action drill is to hoard cash because that is the blood that, that keeps your business alive. That's the cash flow, right? Where are you going to find that cash? If you've got lines of credit, and, and this is something that like, as soon as people are listening to this, if you haven't, you might be too late on doing this because banks will, will take action. You know, if you have a line of credit, grab as much cash as you can out of that, pay the fee if you have to pay it, and move it to another bank and protect it. Because in 2008, I did that and, and I didn't move it. I kept it in the bank and they just scooped it back up, paid it off and shut it down. Mm. It was gone, yeah. right? Um, you know, look at your liabilities like leases, uh, you know, your truck payments, your office space, your equipment payments. Look at what you can negotiate terms on. Use this as, as you know, there's availability for them to modify payment or, or future payments as well. Um, you know, Ford, all the major companies are doing programs where they, they push car payments off by several months. Um, it's the same thing goes with your landlord. You know, try to negotiate a better lease rate or a forbearance where you can push the amount that you owe forward, um, you know, and see what you can do to reduce burn during this critical time frame where we have where we don't know when we're going to be able to get back to work. Then go and, and, and chase after the dollars on your AR. 
right? What do clients owe you? Start working deals with customers so that if they owe you $100,000, you can collect and make a deal and say, hey, we're shut down. You know, we can't work. So, and, and you rightfully owe $100,000 right now. What we'd like to do is collect 80 and keep 20 in reserve in case we're able to open up, order some materials, get something delivered on site. But please fund $80,000 of that right now. Get as much as you can in. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's one example of, of, a, of a triage or uh, immediate action drill that you can do uh, and you can prepare for even if you're doing well. There's going to be a big lesson from this one for everybody. Yeah, that's great. And, and I was talking with my, my dad and my uncle and my uncle was talking about the, the great recession. So same one you're talking about 10, 12 years ago. Um, and he said, yeah, they, they basically pulled their full line of credit out and just had that available, you know, and like you said, move it somewhere else, have it, you know, um, not where it can be taken back and, and shut down. And, um, even if things are good, you just don't know what that runway is. And I think he was saying that they burned through, um, 24 months operating expenses, but they, they had it all, but they, they went through every last dollar. And so there's that question of the unknown, which I think leads me to the, the second part of this question was around, you know, those critical, you know, expenses or investments. And you're talking about a team and team is a huge investment and a, a huge asset, but it's so difficult to make the decision when you don't know where the end is. You don't. So do you have any just general thoughts on that? I know it's so situationally dependent for each, each business owner. It is, and I, and I can speak to, to the lens through which I look, right? Sure. So I was, um, you know, a friend of mine had me on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and he asked me, um, you know, what was the biggest failure you ever had uh, in business? And, uh, and, you know, what was it? And, and this it's completely pertinent to this question you just asked is when I was back in my company in Maryland, um, I hung on too long to, to the, the things I cared about, right? Like my, my people, um, uh, the projects, which I had committed to banks and to investors on that, you know, that I would, I wasn't used to not being able to fulfill my obligations and the economy brought so much degradation and in, in ability to execute. I just wasn't prepared for it. And, and, you know, what that did was it caused me to delay me uh, letting people go uh, for, for the good for them and the good for my company and the good for my family. Like I was paying, uh, you know, $25,000 a month in interest payments. And a lot of that would come out of my home equity line, you know, when we didn't have cash. And, uh, and you know, we were kind of like just trying to, to make it. And I was just trying to keep everything afloat. And so my biggest piece of advice to all of the folks that are out there that are, that are, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror every morning going, what the hell am I going to do today? Is that two things. You have to uh, ensure you're staying healthy. Uh, you're not going overboard on, you know, eating, drinking, not getting enough sleep because when you combine all of that with stress, it really degrades your ability to execute or make good decisions. But, but then You've got to defend your family and your business. And, and sometimes doing the difficult, hard thing is the only thing you can do. Uh, I have a, a uh, uh, coaster that I keep, and I've, I've said this in a couple of webinars, I keep it on my desk. Um, 
This is the like, one thing I keep on my desk that I work and it, I use it every day. And I actually stole it out of a bar in uh, Montreal, Quebec, because it spoke to me. I said, this has been my life for the last several years. And it's Winston Churchill's quote that says, it's not enough to do our best. Sometimes we have to do what is required. And that's, that's what I would say to, to anyone who's struggling right now with, with their team. Sometimes it's, it's more uh, gracious for you to say, listen, I need to protect the company and I need you to go on unemployment for the next several weeks while things get figured out. Um, especially for those folks who don't get the PPP for whatever reason, or even if you're struggling, you've got the PPP and you're going to run out of it for some reason, this thing gets extended. You have to defend uh, the money that you have available. You have to try to take something off the table and you have to make sure that you have the resources to pick yourself back up and to move forward. And of course I'm speaking with business owners and, and you know, business partners here uh, when I say that, but that's, that's a lesson that everybody involved right now can take. Uh, if you are throttling full speed ahead based on cash flows, and you know, there were months that we were million dollars, $2 million, $3 million coming in uh, worth, of, worth of work. And when your bank account's got lots and lots of digits in it, you think everything's cool and you don't focus on, on the fine tuning and the saving and the taking money off the table. You're hurtling down the highway. It's a four lane highway and you're in a big truck and you don't have to worry necessarily about staying in the lane because you've got all the room you want, right? But where we're at or where we all get is that lane goes down from four lanes down to less than one and you're in a construction zone and you need to pay a whole lot of attention to every single move that that truck's making or you're going to hit a barrier. And that's where we are now. And if you're not there, that's where you will be at some point. And so now's the time to tune it up and just start paying attention to the details. If you can take money off the table, if you can project out to where you, you, those lines intersect on your graph where you've got to let people go. And then when you make that decision, let them go and don't do it one at a time. Let the team go, cut it to what you can, bare minimum, and, and move forward with that. And I'm, that's a whole mouthful, but that's, that's the best advice that I can give on that particular you know, iteration of, of reality for people. Yeah, I think that's good advice. You know, and it's just getting clear on the numbers and what your runway looks like and where, where that decision point is, and then almost pre-deciding it. So then when you get there, you go, I already decided, I hoped I wouldn't get here. But if you do, then you, you're prepared to make that decision. You know, Spencer, one of the, one of the, le- the lessons here um, that we can all take, no matter where you're at in this, in this thing, good or bad, uh, is that this has been a, just a like in your face, you have to know your numbers. You gotta know your numbers. You gotta, it sucks, right? Like no one likes to like look at balance sheets and profit and losses, especially builders. I love looking at beautiful houses and I love getting deals and making things happen and making clients happy. Um, but if it's the people right now that have the PPP funded who had their numbers squared away and were able to go print, you know, pull reports, understood the left and right lateral limits of their capabilities and were able to give backup documentation and fill out uh, those applications quickly and answer questions quickly. Those are the folks that got their money. Those are the folks that are going to be able to answer the harder questions for the EIDL. And if you're, if you're in a good situation and you can't produce reports within 24 hours that tell you where you're in, where you are financially, 
you've got to start making steps, taking steps towards that. Get on a program, talk to a CPA, figure out I'm here, where do I need to be? You know, join a program like Remodeler's Advantage or a Builder 20 group or something, right? That, that forces you to get your numbers right. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a huge lesson is, is knowing your numbers. And, and it's acute now. So yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and because it allows you, I mean, it gives you so much clarity on so many fronts, but it does allow you to execute at speed in this particular moment, you know, when you need to be able to produce that. Builder Funnel Academy is a high powered digital marketing training for remodelers. Now, ever since helping grow my family's remodeling division of their building business from about 2 million to over 5 million coming out of the Great Recession, we've been helping builders, remodelers, and contractors build sustainable, repeatable marketing systems. We know marketing isn't always at the top of your list, but it's what drives your business forward. Marketing, it leads to sales. Sales leads to production, which leads to happy customers, which leads to referrals. So without marketing, nothing gets sold. Without marketing, you stall out for revenue growth. Right now, the doors are closed to Builder Funnel Academy, but I encourage you to get on the wait list by heading over to builderfunnelacademy.com slash VIP. One thing I've been thinking about that I'm curious, what is what are some things that you've noticed that are different from the great recession and what we're experiencing now? And then, and what's the same and yeah, what can we learn from that one? And then what is just new and we're kind of learning on the fly. Yeah. So that I think the things that are different um, that come up to my, come into mind immediately. Uh, number one, the speed, like we talked about just a little, a little yeah. while ago. I mean, it was, it's what, it's the middle of April when we're talking here. Um, two months ago, I was on vacation, like on a sailboat, not worried about any of this stuff, right? And yeah. came back from that vacation to, uh, oh, it's starting to get bad in, in Italy. And, and it just went so quickly. Within two weeks, country shut down, right? Um, and, and it's been shut down. I've been home for five weeks now. And um, I, I, I will tell you that, that Again, it was that death by a thousand cuts during that great recession. And it was difficult to maneuver because you were in, you were in mud, right? You just, there was no clarity. There's enormous clarity now. It's done. It's, it's off a cliff, right? Yeah. It's time to make drastic decisions so you can save your business or time to make drastic changes so that when it's your turn next time, that you're prepared for it a little bit better than, than some other folks might be right now. So that, that was one of the bigger things. That's on a macro scale, right? Like the whole economy. And it, 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 one of the great things is it's not just home building this time, right? Like it's not just home building collapsing. It's the whole thing. And, Everything. and so yeah. everyone, everyone's in the same boat and understands it's not everyone looks at contractors or builders like they're, like they're idiots and, and screwed it all up, right? Because that was never reality in any case, but at least we're spreading it around a little bit this time. The other thing I will tell you, and that's macro from a micro perspective, as a home builder in 2008, I was on an island. I was by myself. I was struggling. You know, I was calling friends that I had that were builders, and I could talk to one, maybe two people. Um, what I see right now, and, you know, have over a thousand people signing up for webinars. We've got hundreds of people coming to the dumpster fireside chats that we're having every week now. You know, just communicating. We've got thousands of people in the co-construct community inside our software that are 
sharing resources, sharing letters that they're sending to their customers, sharing the information on the PPP and the EIDL, what their bankers are telling them all in a big group. This island, we are still on an island, but that island's got like a ton of people on it, all six feet apart. But there's a lot of people on that island, right? That are that are helping each other. That's the biggest difference. Like I have people that I can talk to now, and that is a huge change. That's a that's a total sea change from what it was, um, you know, back then. I do yeah. have one more one more big change. That yeah, I'll talk about. go for like, it. Um, in in 2008, the you know the Great Recession, the money coming from the government stopped at the banks. Right, it made the banks whole. Made sure the banks didn't fail. But I, I just have uh, just these very vivid memories of that money stopping and not coming to us, you know, as builders, not backstopping anything else, not helping with payroll, not helping with interest carry, not making sure that, you know, that the builders that were providing the jobs uh, in that scenario were, were helped, right? And I think that um, this is a much different situation People need to pay attention to that, but the, the government has learned a lesson in that, that they are, they are pushing this money down to Main Street at this point. They're pushing it to the small businesses, and that's huge. I mean, God bless America. You know, I mean, I think that, yeah, it could be called socialist. It could be called whatever you want, but, you know, listen, we're all in this kind of boat together, so start, start rowing in the right direction. Get the money that the government's making available to you and keep your people employed, keep your businesses operating. Now's the time to prepare your fields for rain, as they say, right? Because the rain's coming. And what I mean that is make sure that your soil is good and that you're, you're planting the right seeds, you're making the right environment for, for growth coming up. And the way to do that is to take advantage of these programs. It's a totally new thing um, from the last time we went through this. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And I'm curious too, to, to think about projects that people so people that aren't totally shut down that can still be working Mm -hmm. Um, i've heard this question come up a lot and so i'm interested to get your perspective but that is hey we typically just do high-end custom homes or this type of a remodel should i be offering handyman services should i be offering whatever else i'm curious to get your thoughts on pivoting service you know because from a like a marketing and sales standpoint, from a delivery standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to carve out your niche, get really good at one, two, three things, whatever it is. You've got systems built around that. You know your numbers. You know when you're profitable. You know how to sell those. Is this a time to look at other opportunities or do you kind of hold your ground and, and just only accept the, the same types of jobs and same type of work? Well, Spencer, I'm a huge proponent of the pivot. I've done it many times and uh, you, you, you have to stay flexible. Um, you know, you build these processes, you have a system in place that allows you to, to do complex projects, whether you're a remodeler or a home builder and those complex projects, you know, if you've got a process behind them, you can apply that process to any business type because you're solving complex problems. You're communicating, you're dealing with money and you're dealing with customers. So, you know, in the, in the recession, prior to the recession uh, in 2008, I was doing a significant amount of land development, over 2,000 acres of land, uh, you know, in Maryland alone. Um, I had lot, 750 lot communities, and we were doing semi-custom projects, some smaller custom type projects. 
But when, when the knives were falling and, and things were happening, I recognized that there was an opportunity to provide services to private equity. And so I had an execution arm, right? I had, I had the ability to design, to do land development, to build and to sell uh, homes. And so I pivoted our company to appeal to private equity firms and work with a private equity firm on, on, on projects across the country where we did the due diligence, uh, we entitled projects, we did horizontal development of land projects, and we designed, did the horizontal and vertical construction of, of the homes, and then put the sales teams in place. Totally different business model, uh, but that met the moment, right? That land was available everywhere, projects were 17 and 20 cents on the dollar, private equity was coming in and swooping that up, and, and I saw a need for the services to, to help the money people who didn't know how to do any of the execution stuff be their execution arm. So we survived the downturn by, uh, by providing services for a fee, right? So that's one strategy. See, see what is needed out there. That's entrepreneurialism uh, in America at its finest, right? Like you, you find a need and you fill it. Uh, there are times, um, you know, in, in both both during, honestly, during the, the time where I was pivoting and, and, and after, where if someone had asked me to build a doghouse on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, I would have done it. Uh, and there's just no question, like, for sure. no problem, we'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Can you pay for the materials in advance, please? Uh, you know, you have to do what you have to do, right? You, sometimes you have to do what you must, as, as Churchill said. And so, you know, I, I heard at the very first uh, issue of, of like, stay at home, don't go to work, don't be around other people. There was that pivot to like, okay, you can't do anything inside. Why don't you go do some gutter cleaning and, and so on? Some people can't even do that, right? So, so there's, sometimes there's an inability to pivot. Um, I've seen businesses that have said, you know what? We are always getting people asking us for digital downloads of like questions about you know, our plans. So I really like that plan on Pinterest or I like the colors of your paint. And so I've seen businesses start to contemplate uh, actually downloading, uh, you know, selling and downloading the specs for their projects. There's a, a company up in, uh, up in Boise, Idaho, that actually does that already. And they're, they're pretty successful at it. So they have this other path, this other revenue stream that they're able to monetize in situations like this. So you have to think outside of the box. Sometimes it's not you're used to working with a hammer. Sometimes you need to work with something other than a hammer in order to, to maintain and during times like this. Yeah. I wasn't sure how you were going to answer that, but I'm, I'm glad you answered it the way you did. Cause I just, I think about, you know, a lot of times you start a business and you start building it and then you get into this rhythm and system and you're trying to optimize, but then it's times like these where you go, okay, put the entrepreneur hat back on and go, what's the need what's and how what resources do i have available that i can put towards that need and suddenly now you can find creative ways to spark some sales even if you just know i'm going to do this for 3 months or 6 months or whatever the time frame is and immediately jump back to what you were doing but it allows you to stay afloat and it allows you to serve people that need something and if you have the resources you might as well take advantage of that there's all kinds of companies that are pivoting. There's an electrician in the central U.S. who uh, who stopped the PPP. He's keeping all his folks on, but instead of doing electrical work and going to people's homes, he's paying people 
to go pick up meals for elderly and deliver meals to their doorstep. You know, all obviously using personal protection and all that kind of stuff, masks and gloves, but that's how he's keeping folks busy. Uh, you know, he's offered the services of this company and people are, people are doing it. And that, you know, they're not necessarily making money doing that, but they're paying, they're being paid and they're providing a service to other people. That's not far into the spectrum. There are folks that are making masks and things like that, and, uh, you know, that deal with fabrics and, and so on. So there's a need, there's always a need for something. Um, you know, sometimes that you're in such a, a fog though, um, and, and the pain is so great that it's hard to think outside of the box. So another piece of advice that, you know, I'd like to just throw out there to everybody, uh, especially if you're, if you're in a position where you can do this because you're not, you know, your business hasn't deteriorated, uh, is if you don't have advisors, if you don't have people that you trust, that you can ask really tough questions to invest in those relationships now. Um, uh, if you need to find them, look for them if your business is not going well. But if your business is going well, go find them anyway. And then invest in those relationships. Have the lunches once a month with them. Ask them questions. See if there's anything you can do for them as a professional in exchange for financial advice or operations advice. You know, people that are friends or family that might be running very large corporations or companies similar to your size uh, are a wealth of knowledge, right? We're all problem solvers. We've all solved a series of problems in our careers. Seek out other professionals. Like we said earlier, join a Builder 20 group, join a Remodeler's Advantage roundtable if you can, um, and, and, and find out from other people, get advice on the things that you can't you know, it might be too painful to think outside the box yourself. Call me, email me, um, you know, and, and let me give you a different perspective on, on the troubles you have. I've, I've talked to hundreds of builders in the last three weeks. It's, it's been unbelievable. Yeah. And, and since you mentioned that, you know, I was going to ask you just, Hey, if anybody wants to call and chat, or I know you guys have the webinar series, which has been hugely valuable. I know a lot of people have been signing up for that, but I guess where should people connect with you or if you guys have some resources that are helping people right now? Yeah. So if you go, uh, first of all, I'll start at the top. I mean, if you were to go to co-construct's webpage, it's co-construct.com and just go to resources, all of our webinars that we've been hosting. And these are, these are no BS webinars. We're not trying to sell co-construct period. Our, our, our mission uh, is to provide people with mission critical tools, with best practices and with community. And none of that is selling software. And part of what we're what we've refocused on in the last month is just getting people through this, right? And so, if you go to our resources page, you can look at any one of these webinars. Um, I can I can link you up with all the conversations that we've had in the dumpster fireside chat. So, if you want to reach out to me, dumpster fireside chat type stuff, the easiest place is just to go on Instagram and go to at builder in residence. It's builder in residence, all one word. Um, it's my title at co-construct. Oddly enough. Um, but, um, and, and if you want to reach out to me directly, my email is spadget, S-P-A-D-G-E-T-T at co-construct.com and my cell phone, I'm going to give you my cell phone. If you're down in the dumps, I mean, you're in that valley in the shadow of death right now, and you want to talk about what it's like to get out of it because I've been there and I've gotten out of it. Call my cell phone, text me, call me. I'm talking to people seven days a week and it's 443 240 8332. I'm not afraid to give that thing out. Um, get in touch with me and, and talk to me. So, 
yeah, definitely take advantage of that. I know, um, I know you gave out your cell phone on our last uh, episode we recorded, which was a little while ago, but, um, yeah, Spencer is usually traveling the country and meeting with builders and helping, you know, you guys out, but you know, right now travel is a no go. So he's on his cell phone 24 seven. So yeah, shoot him a text, give him a call and we'll put all those links and, and numbers in the show notes to make it easy for you guys. Uh, but Spence, I guess any final thoughts on all this, you know, pieces of advice, things that you just want to leave people with as we're, you know, thinking about what we can do to, like you said, protect our families, protect our businesses. I've got one that might be a little off the wall for some folks, but I do have one more thing that I wanted to just throw out there. Um, and I'm not going to sell essential oils at the end of this, but just hear me <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, like, if you're going through hell right now, write it down. Like, break out a notebook. I don't, you don't have to call it a journal. Um, make it, find some place where you can write. And, 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 you know, speaking to your phone and putting in Apple Notes or typing on your computer, that works too. But there's just something about being able to think and, and be still and write. And, and, and I wake up really early in the morning. I'm up at like five. I used to get up earlier, but I'm not a builder anymore. And I, and I sit there and I, I think about the things that were going on in my life the day before, the problems that I'm having, um, the things, the solutions that I want to work on to create a better path forward. And, and the reason why I say to write this stuff down is because there's going to be someone 10 years from now, whether it's you or whether it's your COO or your VP who might have bought the company or whether it's your son or daughter that's going to take it over or somebody uh, who is going to be in a similar situation. And if you write down the things that you're struggling with, the solutions you're wrestling with, and the final outcome from what you do, good or bad, uh, that's going to serve you forward. It's going to pay forward this, this horrible thing that you're going through right now. And, the, and, and it's going to be such a good book of wisdom uh, for anybody in the future. Um, you just never know where your life is going to take you. Uh, and, and, and everything is, is, it, is just develops the, the ultimate lens through which you look at things through. So take advantage of the benefit of going through a bad situation. And that is the wisdom you learn from it. Write it down though, because time, as we all know, is really kind to memories, right? It, yep. it will round off those rough edges. Uh, it will, it will make things your memory will make things better than it really was. So be brutal in that writing and talk about the things that are, that you're struggling with. And that's, that's really the somewhat amorphous, fluffy rainbows, unicorns uh, advice that I have for, for folks, but I'll be darned if it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, I, I think it is good advice and obviously spoken from somebody who is practicing that or has practiced that. So I'm uh, practicing that. yeah, that's good. Well, Spence, so obviously not a fun topic, but a very important one. And I appreciate you joining us today to yeah share things that you learned from the last go around when things were tough. And I think this will help a lot of people. So thanks for joining me. I hope so. Feel free anybody to reach out and talk anytime. I'm here. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the other Spencer P and I. Again, it's not a super fun topic, but we both felt it was really important to carve out the time, talk about this and just get some of these lessons that Spencer's learned in the past. And he's hearing, you know, different things from other builders and remodelers right now all over the country. And so I hope that you pulled out some takeaways for yourself. I know 
each of you are going through your own situation. Some of you are on total lockdown, some you're limited, and some people are charging ahead. And so depending on what situation you're in, you're going to have very different takeaways. But a few things that I heard Spencer talk about that I'll pull out uh, and just things to kind of spotlight. One is just looking for ways to hoard cash or preserve cash or find cash, uh, because that's what's going to allow you to sustain through this. It's going to be what allows you to hold on to your team, which is really important. And so that you're primed and ready to go when we work our way through this challenge. Um, the second one was, I liked his final takeaway actually of, of journaling, journaling and taking some notes and describing in detail what you're going through right now, um, things that you're learning. Um, I know that I've, I've journaled some in the past. I've been pretty inconsistent, but every time I've done that, I've been able to kind of go back and you reflect on those lessons and those things do serve you as you go forward. So I liked that as a takeaway. Um, and then the third one is just reach out and connect with people, share what you're doing, and then learn from others. People all over the country are online, they're in Facebook groups, they're on webinars, they're in Zoom calls, and they're sharing what they're doing to pivot, to adjust, to move forward. And so you can really learn a lot by connecting with people online uh, and basically just taking the collective knowledge of everybody else in the industry and it's really cool to see what's going on with people sharing this information, sharing what's working, how they're navigating this challenge. So again, hope you enjoyed this conversation. I really hope it was helpful and that you at least took away a few things that you can immediately take action on. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.